0: Welcome into the His and Her's Podcast. I'm Zach Bennett, alongside my sister Paige. Today, we recap what Chris this morning brought us this year. Week one of the NFL season is winding down with just a game and a half left as we record this halfway through a route, 26-0 the Cowboys over the Giants. We discuss our six biggest takeaways, three each from the NFL week one, and discuss our biggest opinion of what it means going forward. That's all here next on the His and His Podcast. All right, Paige, welcome in. It is uh, the end of what was a fun day, also slightly sad day, admittedly. But what, I mean, I guess we could just dive right into it. I'll let you have the first pick, what we're going to do on these Sunday night episodes, Monday morning episodes for you. Instead of doing a general over, you know, overview of all the games and some that we didn't watch in, you know, in great detail because either they stunk or, you know, they just didn't pop up on red zone that much. Uh we're going to provide our three biggest opinions each and we'll do a draft style back and forth. If, you know, you take the one I was going to take, we provide another one and we just kind of cover our six biggest feelings from what NFL brought us in that particular week. So I'll let you go first. Number 1 page biggest takeaway from this weekend of football.
1: Um well, one of my favorite games this week was obviously the Chargers and Dolphins. That was just one of those fun back and forth, seven lead changes throughout the entire game games. And I just think that with that offense, if Tua if Tua and Tyreek stay healthy, which obviously last year Tua had a lot of different injuries come his way, if they stay healthy, then I think that they're the best duo in the NFL, and they could really push that Miami Dolphins team to um, the postseason victorious in terms of their ability to make plays for defenses to be able to just not be able to get their hands on Tyree Hill. And so, I think one of the biggest takeaways from today is that if that team can stay healthy, I truly believe the Miami Dolphins are something a force to be reckoned with.
0: Yeah, I think that, like you said, with the duo of Waddle and Hill. They have to be the fastest offense in football. I mean, the way that they move and the accuracy that Tua can throw with at times. I mean, that last drive off kind of running forward, hit Hill on that bomb, and then the fade route that wasn't even a jump ball, just placed right on that outside shoulder back pylon. It was, it was a lot of fun. And the defense making plays... You know, that last drive for the Chargers could not have gone any worse. You talk about an opportunity for Herbert to have a big year. And I even
1: yeah, you, you know, went off about Herbert last week.
0: I did. I, I claimed, I think, 13, 4, 14, 3, number one seed for the Chargers. Not the way that you'd want that to start. And if you just look at how Tua you know, did from the last year when they played the Chargers, it was Sunday night football. Brandon Staley, the head coach of the Chargers, a defensive guy. I think he went for 166 yards, a pick, no touchdowns. It was an ugly performance. And then this year torches him for 460, I think is where it finished, 461. Uh, just a phenomenal outing for Tua and kind of the debut, you know, Mike McDaniel masterclass uh, of an opener game for the Dolphins. I think that's a, I think they were definitely the most surprising or not surprising, it's the wrong one, but like, Biggest statement definitely came from the Dolphins, I feel.
1: Yeah, I just thought it was so cool to kind of see. I think also there's an element of thing I was thinking about the whole time I was watching that game because I'm watching red zone during the afternoon slate. And obviously that game was just probably took up majority of the red zone time in the afternoon slate. But another thing, too, is I just think that there is an element of Tua being left handed that just kind of like can throw defensive defenses off. And it's just so interesting to kind of watch the field play when Tua is throwing the ball because it's just interesting that that just change of that change of hands and change of stance just kind of like makes it look different a little bit on like how yeah. the how things are being thrown. And I think there's an element of that that can mess with defenses, and so I think it really goes in Tua's favor. But I just think so much exciting stuff to see. Obviously, Chargers relied really heavily on the run game. They had incredible run game. I think they were just under 250 yards of rushing. And so it's interesting to me, too, where it's like as teams start to like kind of mesh that out. I'm just curious if we're going to be able to see the Chargers like take this as an opportunity to kind of like level set. They played a good team. It was a it was very tight back and forth. The Chargers played really well, but weren't able to come out with the win. Kind of see teams in the past that either like use those opportunities to like grow or they kind of sink and swim. And so I'm interested to see how the rest of the Chargers season shakes out. Hopefully, according to your opinion, where we should see better play from Justin Herbert going forward?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll go with mine, and it's it's a general one, but the statement is: the top two teams in the NFC are heads and the shoulders above the rest of the field. Uh, the Niners and the Boys are clearly the best two teams in the NFC, um, and well. I say that because that's how I feel. Eagles obviously still have a case be made uh, and maybe you'll pick them later. But I think what the Niners and the boys, the Cowboys showed you this week, one is that they have the two best defenses in the NFL. All the talk, you know, for the Niner game was I even had him on upset alert. Kenny Pickett had a perfect pass rating in the preseason, five drives, five touchdowns. And then they go out week one and get completely dominated by the 49ers defense. And then the same can be said about the Cowboys. They're now currently up 33-0 on the road against a division rival on, in a primetime spot. And they have made Daniel Jones look absolutely terrible, turning him back into a pumpkin. And so I've been against, and I've, said, I've stated this, that I think the Eagles are going to take a step back and that the Cowboys were going to take a step up. And I think this week one proves that the 49ers and the Cowboys are at a different level than the rest of that conference this year.
1: Yeah, that actually goes right into my number two. And that was that the 49ers are going to the Super Bowl, which I've already called in my previous takes. But so, today just really, really cemented that mm-hmm. because they're like, even, I mean, I just think even with like the game we saw today, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think that we're still going to see a Pittsburgh Steelers team that's above 500. I don't think I don't think that for the Giants. I think that the Cowboys are playing an easier team right now than the than the Niners played. But I don't know. I don't know any team in the NFC that's going to be able to even keep pace with the 49ers at all. There's going to be a couple games this season where the 49ers come out and lose just because that's how football goes and they won't be on their best, but there's going to be a couple upsets, but that team is like so far above and beyond anything else.
0: Yeah. And you're going to have to take a new number two, because that's too close to mine. Okay. Okay. Just, just so you know, Fine. but just to to kind of close out that I I agree with you hundred percent and it kind of goes so far, you know, I said that about Purdy as I said, look, he played, you know, six games last year. And I think in the regular season, and obviously they all looked really good. But after a year of tape, you know, we'll see how this offense comes out. Well, so far, it looks like I've been proven wrong. Ayuk uh played elite, you know, they paid, they've paid almost every player they can on that team. The guys that deserve it, it's going to be interesting as they move forward, but we don't have to get into that with the cap and all, but I, I do agree with you. I think this team, as long as the Niners can avoid the injury bug, I don't see any reason why they won't be playing in the Super Bowl.
1: Hey, my number two, since you kind of stole my number two, my number, my big number two is that uh, the run game is not dead. Uh, This in terms of obviously this whole off season, there's been a lot of controversy for running backs in the league and a talk about how uh, it's just not a running game anymore. And I just think that we saw some really awesome running backs kind of like taking that, and running with it, literally today. I mean, between Tyler Algier and Bijan Robinson with the Falcons just totally hitting the like hitting the yardage. We had incredible run games from the Chargers team. I don't know. I just think that there was so much good running back play today. And maybe it's maybe this is gonna start a little like re change the narrative a little bit if we can continue it throughout the season of that obviously the pass game and quarterbacks who can throw long bombs are the way the NFL is going, but just interested to see how teams continue to utilize the run game in unique ways to make it the most effective part of their offense.
0: Yeah, I think ultimately how all these teams, I think in football, it's always been back and forth, like the team that kind of innovates and changes to the time of, of what other teams are doing usually ends up being the ones that are successful. And you saw it last year with the Eagles. Yes. Jalen hurts took a step as a passer, but that offense was still centered around running the football with the quarterback powers and with miles Sanders and the, and the plethora of running backs that they had in Philadelphia. And so when the whole league is shifting towards a pass centric, get the ball out. If you can play the smash mouth style of football, you have, you know, a way to counter counterbalance against some of the other teams' attacks that they aren't accustomed to. So my number two is going to be that the Cleveland Browns are going to win the AFC North. Um, Deshaun Watson looked pretty bad today. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what his stats were. We can pull them up here. Let me. Let me see if I can pull this. Let me. That was pretty. Me. Thank you. Why is you cute? want a
1: little Deshaun Watson stats coming at yes, you? Yes.
0: Yes. I, I lost the page I was supposed to be at. We know that he ran for a TD. Usually, they just pull up directly. This is this is atrocious podcasting. Oh, this thing.
1: is so embarrassing.
0: Hang with us
1: doo doo do, doo do, doo 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 all right all right all right so he's got a 65.9 qbr um for this game he's got 16 completions on 29 attempts 154 yards 55% completion percentage one td one interception
0: yeah, this is what yeah that's what I want to talk about so when you look at this game you, they played, obviously, they've had real good success against Joe Burrow and the Bengals. And Joe Burrow's was hurt, kind of matches theme of last year, starts off slow. But Deshaun Watson was 60 for 29, 154 yards, touchdown, and interception. Okay. And they won 24 to three. Joe Burrow was 14 for 31 for 82 whole yards. Okay. 82 yards for Mr. Joe Burrow, who just a couple of days ago signed the biggest contract in NFL history. So, this defense with Miles Garrett uh, is phenomenal, and I think that that paired with Deshaun Watson knocking off the rust and uh, Kevin Stefanski learned how to call games for him and Nick Chubb and all that. I just feel like they're the class of that division, especially after what we saw today. The Ravens were mud, like kind of mucky. It was ugly, kind of win against an inferior Texans team. They they won, but it wasn't great. I think that the Browns were the most impressive because even with a below-average performance from Deshaun Watson, they won by three scores because of that defense. And that, you know, the Browns, I mean, the Bengals' offense is no slouch. Like, that is a a premier weapons-oriented attack. And they held, you know, Jamar Chase five receptions for 39 yards. T. Higgins had zero catches and zero, obviously, yards with that. So I just think... They deserve a lot of praise, and I think that they're going to win the AFC North.
1: Uh, You little bugger keep still in mind because mine was going to be that uh, they were the best that they get best defense in the NFL and saying that they're going to win that division after what we saw today. But, um, yeah, I just think that, too, it's I'm like, on it. Yeah. Any team, any team that can go against a team that has one of the best offenses and one of the best QBs in the NFL and keep the one of the best NFL QB's under 100 yards in a game. Yeah. Like that is scary for the rest of the league. Obviously, teams c- sometimes start out slow. I'm sure the next time we see these this pair up, it's going to be a lot closer game, but just very interesting to kind of see how that defense was 100% prepared for the Cincinnati offense, but the Cincinnati offense was not prepared for how intense the Cleveland defense was going to be. And I think that that's just kind of scary for the rest of the league of like how well that team is able to prep
0: yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Um, mixing up my my third, another another one that I have. I have two other ones, but we'll go we with this do, one.
0: We can do honorable mentions. Okay, Quick we'll do an honorable
1: mention after this. Um, I think that Anthony Richardson is going to be the longest out of this rookie class, he is going to have the greatest career and the longest time in the NFL.
0: Oh wow. Oh. Yeah. What That's made my you take what made you see that?
1: I just think that one, there's been a lot of, I think, majority of the talks surrounding the Indianapolis Colts this whole offseason has been pretty negative, especially with everything with Jonathan Taylor going on. And just for Anthony Richardson to get out there and have the game that he did without Jonathan Taylor and with all the controversies going on in in Indianapolis, I just think it's incredible. I mean... His opening game premiere: 24 of 37 passes for 223 yards with a touchdown, one interception. And he rushed 10 times for 40 yards. Like, it was just so cool to see a quarterback that obviously there's the nerves. You're entering the NFL for the first time. It's a different pace of game than college. You have a lot of like, the barriers you have to overcome. And I just thought of all the rookies that we saw today, he was one of the ones that looked the most comfortable. And I just think Anthony Richardson feels like he's got that little chip on his shoulder where he feels like he's got something to prove. And I think that's going to be to his benefit throughout his career.
0: Yeah. I, I saw a lot from him that I thought was really promising. Um, overall, I think he's got to avoid so many hits, even at the end of the game when they were going down, down 10, in the red zone and he tried to run it again ended up taking a shot to the head, I believe. Uh, and so when you're a big physical guy like that, it's hard when it, when you've been the best athlete on the field, your entire life up to this point to break some of those tendencies. But over time, once he's able to overcome that, I think yeah. it develops. in you know, I mean, in the passing game, he'll be absolutely. I think he has the most physical tools to get it done.
1: Yeah. I'm like, go, go look at, uh, a- Previous footage of Josh Allen and see that 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 will come with time as they especially as they grow older within the league they kind of learn how to do that at least the good ones do.
0: Yeah, no, without a doubt.
1: what is your third take, my guy?
0: I've been thinking about a few different ones, but I'm going to start with what I'm most nervous for as a Minnesota Viking fan, and that is that Jordan love has a solid debut in his first start for the Packers. He goes in this game 15 27 245 and three touchdowns against the Bears. Love a Utah state product in his fourth year in the league after three years being the backup to Aaron Rodgers comes in and they demolish the Bears uh putting up 38-1, you know, 31 points. Uh seven of those came from 38 points total. Seven came from Quay Walker interception pick six, which was really fun to watch, but I'm nervous because the Packers have had so many years, my entire life past my entire life of amazing quarterback play. And obviously it's just one game, but I don't know what I'll do. If Aaron or Jordan love is phenomenal because it's just not fair. It's just not fair. So it got off to a promising start, beat up on the bears and the Packers uh, look like with the defense and what they have an offense with Aaron Jones. They have a really solid team and it wouldn't be surprising to see them, you know, in contention for the NFC North, the Brown, the, the bears who knows what they are, who knows if they're any good. You know, it's always interesting to see the week two games pop up as we talk about because you just never know what week one means, but a solid start for Jordan Love in his uh in his a starter debut as a full-time QB of the Packers.
1: Yeah, that was gonna be one of my honorable mentions was actually gonna be the reverse of that a little bit because one, I mean, I there's a very good chance that I bite my words in six weeks and Jordan Love is still balling out, but I I were less on the fact that I think Jordan Love is that good, and I'm betting more on the fact that I think the Bears are just bad. Like I just don't think like, obviously, incredible play from Jordan Love today. Aaron Jones had a day, 137 yards, two TDs before he went out with a hamstring injury. So who even knows how much more he would have been able to climb on top of that? Um, And without Christian Watson. So it was impressive. And I think that the Packers are going to be good. But I think that they looked a lot better today than they actually are, just because I think the Bears are not going to be good. I don't think Justin Fields... Deserve is deserving of all of the hype he's gotten this off season. And I just think their defense is not there. It's not, it has a lot of work to grow and do before it's going to be able to handle, um, a lot of the teams in the NFL. So I don't know. I'm just leaning more on the fact that I think the bears are really bad.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, so out of your honorable mentions, did you have any other you want to throw up there real quick We're rapid fire?
1: Um, yeah, I'm going to say favorite play from today. So many ones. But one, I loved honorable mentions. Bijan Robinson have a day. Like, it was so cool to see him <laughs> um, running in. Tyler Algier obviously had an incredible day. But then also, like, there was just a lot of, like, it was fun to see different rookies get their first TDs in their first games. I just think that's so cool. Trey Palmer, uh, Jordan Addison, to name a couple of them from that game, both had their first TDs today. Uh, yeah. Any honorable mentions from your end?
0: Kanuka. I don't know if I said that right. Puka Nakua. He's a BYU alum. Shout out to you. Let's go. Kug. Rookie. Had 15 targets, uh, 10 catches for 119 yards. Given the fourth play in the history to record 10 receptions and hundred yards in his first career game. Uh, so obviously Cooper cup. Being on the IR was the talk for the Rams. Uh, them, their season and the roster construction being kind of questioned. They go into Seattle and they win. I thought that was really big. And you know what? We might as well talk about it. But the Vikings losing at home to the Buccaneers was on my list as well. Baker Mayfield comes into Minnesota, uh, leads a... Late drive to kick the field goal, take and they win 20-17. to 17. There was a lot of miscues on the Minnesota Vikings entire game. One where a right guard punches out the ball from Kirk Cousins' hands. Kirk Cousins gets strip-sacked a little bit later on and then also throws a pick in the red zone. Uh, and then also they stop him in the red zone. The Vikings do later in the second half. A player's offside, so then they score a touchdown. There's a lot of miscues by the Vikings, and now they're 0-1 going into Philadelphia on Thursday. So their season, which I thought was funny, they were 11-0 last year in one-score games, and start this season 0-1. Tough. Tough. If it,
1: if no one can tell, Zach's been ruminating on this loss for the past six hours and replaying um, it in his mind.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we lost to Baker Mayfield at home. Yes,
1: not, <laughs>
0: <laughs> not, not great. No, none of that was great. So my
1: the best thing about it is I posted a uh, I posted that on my little Instagram story the final score and was like, you always got to love the Minnesota Vikings to be able to make subpar QBs look great and there was a few people that responded like defending Baker Mayfield and I just found it so funny because I'm like. Baker Mayfield is a subpar QB. Is he not the definition of a subpar QB? He's starting moments- for
0: his third team week one in three straight years, and he started for four teams in three years.
1: Yeah, and it's like, yeah, moments of greatness, but also was that greatness or was that just really bad Vikings? We don't know. <laughs>
0: yeah, Very uh, nice of them to honor uh, Bud Grant by out getting their opponent almost double and losing the game.
1: Kirk Cousins, uh, any 344 thoughts? 344
0: oh. yards, by the way.
1: He's always okay. got great stats, even though let's not talk about the two fumbles and the interception on the five-yard line.
0: Hey, listen, one fumble really wasn't his fault. He got it punched out by his own offense alignment. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And then the other one, we just decided not to pick up a blitz, and he got absolutely <laughs> rocked. <laughs> And then the pick he threw behind him, but KJ Osborne got it ripped from him. Bullied. Oh,
1: him. don't even blow. No, Kirk oh. hesitated on that, threw it behind him. It
0: hesitated, was, sure, but he also got bullied. So
1: uh, what's the take on the Rams Seahawks game? This was another one I just wanted to lightly touch on because obviously I think there's a lot of people, I think it was pretty even split with this division, but I a lot of sports analysts and NFL reporters were taking the Seattle Seahawks to kind of win their division but i think there was a lot of promising stuff from the rams today cooper cup not in and matthew stafford looked really good so i think that we could see a little bit of a return of the rams of 2 years ago
0: uh again week 1 i don't think so i i think i don't know i just the, Ram, the rams just didn't they just don't seem to have they're one or two injuries away from the the rail, the train completely falling off the, the tracks so I just, I mean, I wasn't as impressed with the Seattle Seahawks personally, but I think that division is so, so far and away the 49ers that coming for second is, you know, for that sixth or seventh wild card.
1: Yeah. Um, What's your favorite play from today? Favorite play, favorite touchdown?
0: My favorite touchdown, biasly, was uh, Jordan Essens. I thought that was a lot of fun. But I'll also say that the, the craziest touchdown was that um, Buckner fumble recovery off the Trevor Lawrence getting jacked up, and the whole play, everyone thinking it was dead, and he he was the one who caused the fumble, and and then he's the one who picked it up and ran it back for a touchdown. So shout out to Forrest Buckner.
1: Um, <laughs> my favorite touchdown from today was J.K. Dobbins' airborne touchdown into the end zone. He like backflipped in, um, before he uh, unfortunately had a season-ending Achilles tear. He was really uh, ripping up that field today.
0: It's terrible. So what is your biggest opinion from this weekend? What's the one hill that you're going to die on after one week of football?
1: The week one hill one that I'm going to die on is that do not judge or base, do not make any major assumptions based off week one play. It is week one. Teams have to get in the groove. Some teams that came out hot will fizzle out. So I just think that anybody whose team lost, don't lose all hope. Don't be like, "Oh, this season's gonna suck. This is Season over." Sucks. <laughs> because there's still hope. It's week one. No. Your team's gonna figure it out. Your it's coaches not. will get in rhythm. There's a no. lot of first-year head coaches in the league right now. So I just say it's week one. Just enjoy that football's back. You don't get don't get upset till like week five. If we by week five, your team is not winning any games. not looking promising then yes, accept defeat and just enjoy football. But until week five, you have every right to still be
0: hopeful. Um, I'm going to do the opposite of what you said, uh, and I'm going to make a a very large assessment. I think the best team in the AFC East is the Miami Dolphins. I don't even need to see the Bills and the uh, Jets play tomorrow. I think the Miami Dolphins, with that offense, is going to win that division. And, I, you know, you can say everything and then say if, it, if injuries don't happen. So, obviously, if, you know, Tua gets concussed and you go down that rabbit hole, then, yeah, everything changes. But as currently constructed, they have the best offense in the NFL with the best weapons. Maybe the Niners can contest with that. But the speed that they have and the ability to just get over the top of you at any given moment, I think they're the most dangerous. And, yeah, I think that they are going to win the AFC East. I don't even need to see the Bills and Jets play tomorrow.
1: He's just taking my take from the beginning of the episode and spicing it up a little
0: bit. That's it. That's (laughs) it. Well, awesome. Is there any other things you want to leave it with for NFL Week 1, Paige?
1: Skull Vikings.
0: Uh, That was a bummer. (laughs) Thanks again for listening. This has been His and Hers Podcast, wrapping up Week 1 of the NFL season. Uh, We will have an episode coming out on Thursday. Giving our previews for week two. Make sure to check that out. I, I guess we record it Thursday and it drops Friday. Is that correct, Paige? Do I have that yep, time? That okay. is correct. So correct. we record Thursday, talk about Friday, um, and what week two. So we recorded after the Vikings game. So you may may we may be so excited.
1: Ecstatic.
0: Or I may be in the pits of depression because we are 0-2 and the chances of the playoff just dropped to about 17%.
1: And listen, we hate the Packers. We do. And we are clear about that. Zach went off on a whole thing. But I, there are days, there are moments when I hate the Eagles more than I hate the Packers. So a victory on Thursday would be amazing. So you're either going to get, but you know, we're professionals here. We love football. (laughs) And we're still going to record regardless of the outcome.
0: (laughs) Couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you guys later in the week.